day of reflection, goal setting, achievements, hitting those goals. What does it all mean? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to other people? How do we set goals? How do we set something and you really want it? What do you have to do? What do you have to sacrifice? And I was sitting in the sauna this morning and it's when I reflect most because it's my time. I get to sit in there for 10 to 15 minutes sweating it out with no one around me. And I just sort of, I was sitting there just reflecting on life a little bit and our achievements and where we were in life today and what we'd done in the past. And then I got back to the office and something popped up on my social media and it was uh, the Kobe Bryant tribute and you know they had the greatest who I believe is the greatest of all time Michael Jordan he was invited to the tribute memorial that they had and he spoke for about 12 minutes and I just sat there and watched that and to to it was just heartbreaking to watch because you know I was watching MJ you know within about 26 20 seconds of his talk he was he broke down into tears for the entire talk but he was reflecting here's a man that is probably the all-time greatest basketball player to ever live and he's a grown man and and just the effect and the death that Kobe has had on him and you know what it means to him but he was pretty much coming to the end of his career when Kobe was 18 just coming into the NBA you know so one superstar was just starting their career and while one was finishing and it it got me thinking so today was for me is really just a day of reflection and wanted to just talk about a couple of goals that I set how I went about you know and I achieved them and what's going on since achieving them and when I set them and what I actually did, but I don't think I'm a goal setter. I don't really set out, you know, to set goals per se, really, right? But when I was younger, uh, how I got into motorsport, me and my brother, we wanted to race motorbikes and dad uh, obviously just thought it was a bit too dangerous for us. You know, I was five years of age when I made that decision that I wanted to start motor racing. And I, I just, for some reason, it's installed in my DNA for some reason, and that's just how I am. And when I was five, I knew I wanted to race, and we got into go kartings into go karting. And when I was seven, I competed in my first state championship, which was at Wyala, uh, which is a, a small country, remote town in Adelaide. And I finished second, and that was so much better than I ever dreamed or expected. You know, my first race in a state championship for a South Australia, and I finished second. I got beaten by a kid called Reef Corbett, who I'm still in touch with. Um, but I even remember the trophy. The trophy was nearly as tall as me when I was seven years of age. And I went to bed that night and I slept with that trophy right next to me. It was laid down next to me in my single bed at the hotel. I was so chuffed, you know, that I had achieved it. Now looking, you know, 31 years, 32 years later, I, I look at it and go, second place, I was first loser. Like I just wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't feel the same about finishing second now because I'm here to win. But when I was seven, I just thought that was an amazing achievement. And that's when I really set that goal that I wanted to become the best. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to win everything. Uh, and it was really my only focus. And I wanted to, I set a goal to, you know, become the best in the, in the country for motor racing, whatever class I was racing. And, you know, I did a number of years go-karting and I was always coming second um, to the point where it really started to ship me. There was, you know, there was races where I was winning, something would happen. I, uh, I just couldn't get that elusive win, you know, and my first one, I really wanted to win a state championship and be the best in the state. 
Um, and someone said to me, they gave me advice, Chris, don't put so much pressure on you. It will happen when it happens, if you make it happen. And when it happens, they will just flow on from there. And I can't remember who gave me that advice, but I still remember that advice that I was given. And they were so true. When I won my first state championship, I won seven or eight pretty much in succession from doing and and getting that monkey off my back. Like I'd finished second so many times. I've lost count how many second place trophies I have. Uh, in in go-karting for state championships. But when I won that one, I was like, yes, I've done it. I've now got the confidence. I now know what it takes to win. I still remember uh, we moved up to Queensland. We won a couple of Queensland state championships. We then went down to New South Wales. I won a New South Wales state champion. And we then went to Adelaide or South Australia. And I remember that race. It was a Bolivar. And uh, I was in, uh, I don't know how old I was. I was probably 14, 15, whatever it might have been at that particular time. And, and I was having troubles with my engine. I, I had a mechanical failure on the engine and I had to pretty much race the entire race one-handed. And I've still got a photo. Uh, Dad took a photo of me coming around the, the sweeper at the track. And here I am, one hand on the steering wheel and the other hand holding onto my fuel jets um, that had unscrewed because without them, then the motor will blow up or it gets no fuel. And that was what was basically allowing how much fuel was being put into into the motor. So, And I won that race. I won the state championship and I beat everyone else one-handed. But I had the confidence because I'd done it before. I knew what it took to win. Um, And that's what it was all about. Once you get that monkey off your back or whatever it is that you're competing in and what you're going for in that win, whether it's a listing presentation, if you're in real estate or if you're in sales or if you're um, in finance or whatever it is, whatever business or sport that you're competing in is, once you have done what you wanted to do, you then know what it takes. But that for me still wasn't enough. I still, my elusive goal was to become Australian champion. And I never, I finished second uh, multiple times again to Jamie Winker, Mark Winterbottom, all these guys that are now racing, you know, super successful in V8 supercars. I raced and competed against these guys and I always lost to them. I was always second to them. And I look at where they are and to where I am. I'm not racing in V8 supercars. They won and they are racing. That can be the difference in a professional career, whether it's in business or like I can give you an example in real estate. You go for a listing where you go and pitch for the business. You you either win it or you lose it. There is no second place. You don't get paid for second place. You win the listing, you sell the property, you get paid. If you come second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it might be, you don't get the listing, you've lost. You get nothing. So it's, you know, when I reflect back on that, you know, would it have been different if I'd won a couple of Australian championships? You know, would I be in V8 supercars? Would I be overseas? Would I would still, would I be progressing in my motorsport um, career? But in saying that, I was still very fortunate to continue racing with, you know, with my parents and the support of some private investors as well too through my time motor racing. But I still wanted to, and I was not going to give up until I became Australian champion. That was the goal. And in 2008, I won the Australian Championship, but it was in the second tier class. And although it was an Australian Championship, it still wasn't the holy grail. It wasn't the best of the best. It was like, you're the best of the second bunch. And again, I didn't want to be 
in that second bunch. So we moved up into what they call the championship class. So this was competing against the best of the best. We had people from all around the world competing in it, from uh, Britain and uh, overseas and uh, in the European drivers were coming across. We had some Asia drivers. So that was the one I really wanted to win. And in 2011, there was a couple of key moments when I look back and reflect on some of those races where I made some very risky moves, but they paid off to when I look back now, where we won that championship, we became Australian champion. I had achieved my goal in 2011. And I can tell you, I started motor racing in 1985. 1985, I had that goal and I didn't achieve it until 2011. I never lost sight. I was so focused on, I, I knew I had it in me. I knew what it was like to lose. And if you look at any football team, NRL or AFL, you see it all the time, or even a basketball team, whatever it might be, you see them get to that final championship play and they lose. And they know what it's, that a feeling is about and what it's like when you lose, that they come back next year more hungry than ever and they win, and then they win, and they win. You know, there is so many times and so many sporting achievements that I could look back at uh, and tell you that that's what's happened. You know, the team lost one year and then they won three in a row straight after, straight away, you know, because they know the hurt, they know what it feels like to lose, and they want it more. And that was the same for me. And when I won that championship and I only won it by a couple of points, in 2011, I had achieved my goal and it was like, you know what, I've done now what I wanted to do. I could have given up. I wanted to give up because that was it. I, I had achieved what I wanted to do. A prime example of a sports person that has done that is actually Nico Rosberg. Now, Nico Rosberg is a Formula One driver. His dad was world champion back in the 1980s at some period. Uh, he was the son of a Formula One world champion. So there was a lot of pressure. I've got no, no doubt there was a lot of pressure. And in 2016, he became... Formula One world champion. He beat Lewis Hamilton. He beat um, every other driver to the championship when I think a lot of people wrote him off and that he wouldn't be able to beat Lewis Hamilton on a mental battle and on the racetrack, but he did that. And then two or three weeks after um, finishing the season, he retired never to race again because he had achieved his goal. He'd given up. And I could so relate to Nico Rosberg in making that decision. I made a decision in 2012 that I wanted to, I, I wasn't finished. I was like, okay, I've done it once. It's a great feeling. Can we do it again? And again, I finished second. <laughs> so um, now the driver that I beat in 2011, prime example of what I just said before, I beat uh, James Winslow and he was from England and he's a professional race car driver still today, still racing. I beat him in 2011 where I think a lot of people expected him to just wipe the floor clean of everyone, but I had something inside of me that I know and I had the confidence that I could beat him and I did fair and square. And 2012, we both came back, um, but he had, you know, he had that pain of that loss. I was coming off the win and he obviously wanted it more and uh, the results was re reversed. So 2011, I won the championship. He finished second in the championship. 2012, we competed against each other. He won the championship. I finished second. And that was for me, that was the end of our motor racing career. Pretty much that's, you know, I had achieved what I wanted and, you know, multiple state champions, couple of national titles and the Australian championship. And I was more than happy. But when you actually win, 
it's it's a complete different feeling. You're like, oh, is this what it feels like? You know what I mean? Like you, you think it's going to be a complete different feeling when you achieve that goal, whatever it is that you set in life. Um, but it's not. It's it's not how you actually feel on the day. It's actually that journey. So that journey that I took from 1985 to winning the championship in 2011 is made me the person who I am today. And I've reflected that also into my business. I know what it takes to become the best real estate agent. I believe I am the best real estate agent locally in our area, if not in the state. I know the job that I do and I have that confidence and it's not arrogance. I think a lot of people miss, they misconcept that, you know, the arrogance for confidence and where it's not, you know what I mean? My arrogance, I don't believe is arrogance. It is that I have told myself repeatedly that I know I'm good enough. I know I have an edge over my competitors. I try and you know, on social media and in other forums and ways uh, by beating them. And every time I beat them, I know that's another little strike on my scoreboard and another one in their second place. And it's like, oh, he's beat me again. He's beat me again. He's beat me again. You know, and and I, I think a lot of it is just mental, getting into that mental game. I remember back in motors racing in 2004 when I started Formula 3, I was up against this driver called Ian Dyke and uh, an amazing driver, amazing kid, great friend, um, but he was just never good starting and I was always really good at starting and if I knew if I could beat him at the start, I'd beat him in the race. So just before the race, I'd go up to him and just say, mate, you know, you better not muff it on the start or you better not stall. Do you know what I mean? Just, just to play with his head. And these are the games that I was playing. And what, what would happen? He would start thinking about it. He would then be, you know, that anxiety and that, that uh, you know, what, whatever it is that he, that he got stuck in his head, that he would always muff the start. And, I'd, and that's how I beat him in the championship, you know, purely by just playing some head games. But I try and also do the same uh, in real estate. Uh, with my competitors, either trying to do something on social media, coming out with something big and bold, like what is he doing? I'm always trying to change the game. I'm never complacent because I know this is, and this is probably the difference where I'm a little bit programmed different to most people. I know that there is a younger version of me out there somewhere waiting to take my spot. And when you think like that, and people are like, Chris, you could just take your foot off the pedal. You know, you've got a great business. Business just comes in. I'm like, no, the moment I become complacent is the moment I will lose. And it is so hard. You build and you work so hard, whatever it is that you do to get to that top, that when you reach the top, a lot of people just become complacent. They become cocky. They become arrogant, where I never have. People misconcept my arrogance, but it's confidence. And I will stop when I'm ready. I will give up when I'm ready. But I I constantly, every day, tell myself, Chris, there is a younger version out there just as hungry as you, nipping at your heels, waiting to take your spot. And if you go into the into business or into sport, competition, whatever it is in life, with that attitude, you'll always perform at a peak performance, at a very high performance. And you never lose sight. So quick podcast for you again just traveling in the car going down to uh, down to physio and I just it was just for me a day of reflections a day on my achievements and I just really wanted to share those with you to you know because a lot of people see where you are today you know some people go oh Chris you you know you were 2011 Australian Formula 3 champion oh you were the lap record holder of Bathurst like yeah it's amazing great 
uh, must have been easy. But you never saw that I started that back in 1985. I worked on it that long to get to where we are. And it's no different in our business. You know, people see where we are today in, in real estate. Oh, it's amazing. You can, oh, it's, Chris, it's so easy for you. Why is it easy for me? It's not easier for me. I make it look easier because I work harder. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I wasn't gifted with all of these listings. I wasn't gifted with this business. What do you think this business was just given to me? We built this because we've stayed on track. You know, I've stayed in my lane. And that's the other thing. I've never, I think mental, your mental ability, how to handle situations also plays a big part in, in the confidence and, and becoming great at whatever you're trying to become great in. And I don't worry about my competition. If someone says something about me or what they're saying about me or what they're doing, I know I'm on the right track. And if I consistently do what I'm going to continue to do and I stay in my lane and and put the blinkers on and not even worry about who's in my left lane or in my right lane, you'll have an amazing business. So whether it's personal life, business, sport, you can take a lot of this into that and just have an amazing life and achieve greatness in whatever it is that you want. But remember when you hit that goal, whatever that goal is that you set, once you hit the goal, I tell you, you need to set something else because once you hit it, you sort of get a little bit deflated because you're sort of thinking your life is going to change. Your life doesn't change. Your life changes every single day in small increments in what it takes for you to become that person, to take it and to get to that goal at the end. And that's just, and that's the, that's really, that's the happiness. That is the the joyfulness of the journey of reaching goals. So if you haven't got goals, set a goal. Nothing too bold, nothing too big, just small incremental goals. And when you hit them, just tick them off. Tick them off your bucket list. Thanks for listening. This is me, Chris Gilmore.